Hey you, listener of Roleplay and Replay Podcast. I've interrupted this episode before it's even started, but don't tell Pine, because it's a surprise. This episode of the podcast is releasing during the week of International Women's Day, so I'm abusing the fact that I have editing rights to shout out my fabulous co-host, the Arctic Pine. She introduced myself and a number of her friends to the magical world of tabletop role-playing games when she decided to take a most courageous and commitment-heavy leap of faith and just start DMing a campaign so that she could get into some D&D. Because of that decision, not only have I had some of the greatest fun of my life taking part in six different D&D games in just over a year, including, of all things, DMing my own campaign, which I never saw coming, I've also grown closer to several people who I now consider my dearest friends. So, Pine, thank you. Thank you for inspiring me. My heart is larger, my life richer, and oh my god, where did all these dice come from? Oh, right, yeah, I'm just even more of a nerd now. Do me a favour, listeners. Check out Pine's YouTube and Twitch. Links are in the description. Back to your schedule, roleplay and replay. Greetings there, travellers. Welcome to my establishment, the Token Tavern. What's that? You're looking for work? Well, there are always errands to be found in Tropesville, and folk are happy to pay pretty penny. You could speak to Farmer Average, who's been having trouble with some kind of pest running around their crops lately. And why, just ten minutes ago, my accent started changing halfway through what I'm doing, but who cares? <laughs> That shady guy with the hood in the corner covered his face. He made his way into the room and he's wasting in the corner doing nothing. Hail untouched. And he's just monitoring the whole place without moving a muscle. He looks real creepy. But he's actually probably a nice guy. In fact, it's that kind of cheerful fellow over there you want to keep an eye on. He's probably the main antagonist to this entire adventure you're starting. Fantasy writers love their plot twists, being hidden in plain sight the entire time. Now don't you go causing no trouble, you lot. This here is a nice, peaceful village. We don't need none of that nonsense. I don't know how the accent evolved, but I'm pretty sure it did. Oh, it but was so good. It was so we're rolling good. with it. I, I settled into something in the end. Um, <laughs> welcome to Roleplay and Replay. Da-da-da. Episode three. Have we even come up with the name last time? Did we even introduce it? Is that last time? Is this the first time we're actually introducing it? Isn't it? I can't remember. I think we had the name last time. My memory is abysmal, as we'll find out in numerous places throughout this episode and mine isn't much better <laughs> amazing yeah well uh i guess we better start with the good old oh, i forgot what it's called this is gonna be a staple in this podcast is we do the intro and then i say let's hop aboard the and i forget what i call it every time <laughs> State's the different every time. hyper inter-universal transport mobile is what we're calling it today what? and i'll forget that in half an hour when we move to the next section but let's get on it yeah. Choo choo. It's a train. Choo choo. <laughs> choo choo. Wow, that was a fun train ride. Amazing. We're in DM discussions land. Amazing. Lots of great scenery on the way. What are we talking about today? We're talking about tropes. Yay for tropes, or Yay. boo for tropes. Do people like them, or do people hate them? Who knows? Who knows? They seem to be pretty successful, or they wouldn't become tropes in the first place. Yes, this is this is very true. They're tropes for a reason, because they work. I feel like they're comfortable, is the thing. Yeah. Arguably sometimes lazy, but definitely comfortable. And adaptive. There's places you can go with them. I mean, as the intro suggested... I started with a bit of a, a classic welcome to your first ever tabletop RPG adventure. You're in an inn 
Let's discover something to do. You all meet in a tavern. And there's a shady guy in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the rules. It's the law. It's, it's the law. It's probably Tolkien's fault because of uh, the one in Bree when they first see Aragorn. And it's like, oh my God, Aragorn, he's spooky. <laughs> and they do it again in The Hobbit and it's not actually a good guy. It's actually people trying to, you know, murder the Hobbit boy. No, the dwarf guy. I remember names. Yes. It's just typical. If you're in a tavern and you're anyone who's anyone, there's going to be a spooky person looking at you. Well, I feel like my uh, my campaign's failing then. <laughs> well, maybe we're not anyone who's anyone yet. Oh, maybe. It's very true. Very true. Also, though, I don't think any of the three campaigns we're involved in together about <laughs> that yet. So maybe we're all avoiding it. <laughs> we're all avoiding it. We're going to have to get to that at some point, though. You do have one trope going for you. Do You've I? got a prophetic chosen one. <laughs> or at least I assume it's a prophetic chosen one from what I've heard. <laughs> I like ah. to refer to him as the first coming of Jesus, which is hilarious because it doesn't make sense. Oh, that has snowballed so much from what it was originally. Um, so he's just supposed to, well, it's kind of not just supposed to be, but he's kind of the the next leader of the village. Like, I mean, don't want to give too much away, actually. Um, but it was it was sort of a small thing um, in his own little pocket, and then he met you guys, and just started like bigging himself up, and then you guys have hooked onto that. And, and then you're like, about. "He's the chosen leader of village." As far as I'm concerned, he's the next Jesus of the universe. <laughs> he will show us all into the way of the light <laughs> and guide us to the next living plane. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But that one's fun. Yeah, that one is fun. It is a good fun one. Always, always place to go with that one. <laughs> oh, there's so many places to go with that one. With the classic with that is that, oh, prophecy, you can't always interpret it how you think you do. It's very true. It doesn't always mean what you think it means. It's very true. Hoobity boobity. That was a false thing. And you read it wrong. <laughs> Always good for some misdirection, though, is a good prophecy. Oh, love it. Or, and then there's the other classic of self-fulfilling prophecies. It's true. And, oh, I can't help but quote Master Uguay from Kung Fu Panda, which, by the way, is the best film franchise in the universe, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, I say I'm going to quote him, but I forgot what the actual quote is. What is it? Oh, yeah. One often finds their destiny on the path they take to avoid it. Yep. And that's, that's, that's a wisdom right there. Yep. It's a good wisdom. Your brain goes to that. My brain, when you say um, self-fulfilling prophecy, goes to Odin and Fenrir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. It's just it's just a classic. Fantasy loves a classic. Fantasy loves a classic. You know what else is a classic? What? Enemies to lovers. Ooh. Ooh. Beautiful. Yeah. Or vice versa. I mean, some of them are terrible. Yep. I don't want to open the can of worms that is the Star Wars sequels, but I will anyway. Uh, Raylo is just painful to me. I've only seen the first film. Good. Keep it that way. <laughs> I wish I was still like that, when it still had hope and promise. The story just is, is inconsistent, and it's painful to watch. Um, Noted. And that is, that is a classic example. Spoilers. Spoilers. Of bad guy becomes good. And then they randomly kiss for no fucking reason. And then they all die. No. Well, <laughs> I don't need to watch it anymore. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Great. Pretty much. Oh, dear. Are there any tropes in my campaign that you've noticed yet? Um. There probably are. I just can't think of them at the moment. The, uh, the only one I can think of, and it's only because you've asked me to think of one, is the... Uh, character that has a lot of magic but at the moment is uncontrollable fair and yeah following their struggle and all that i think it it's nice that it's not one of the pcs like it's an npc so it makes it uh, quite interesting to be like oh <laughs> not sure where this is going true I feel like a lot of there's a lot of stuff focusing on uh, on her at the moment on Vala. Mm. 
I like shall say no more. <laughs> <laughs> For fear of spoilers. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm trying to think if there's any others yet. I don't think. Actually, I think I've got I've got a, a big, scary uh, empire that's evil going on. But you guys haven't really interacted with that much. Because, you know, you're like level four. Are you even level four? Or are you level three? I can't remember. Um, I think we're level three. You're like little babbies at the moment. Yeah, little babbies. Little Cause, babbies. Because if I remember correctly, you've been wanting to level us up, but we haven't gotten to that point because we're slow. <laughs> and keep when we keep missing sessions. Yeah. Which has been a pain. Yeah. Although Christmas period's over, so maybe that'll stop now. Ooh. Spoiler as to when we're recording this. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Not really a spoiler, but I do. I do love a good, good truck. They're nice. They're, like I said, they're comfortable. Yeah. As long as you work some imagination into them. Oh yeah. They're comforting. Uh, you feel you feel like sometimes you can watch watch a film. It's obviously not going to be a masterpiece, but you see a character. They exhibit some kind of typical behavior of one trip or another, and you're like, right, I know this character. This is going to be fun. Yeah. This is the guy that goes around smashing stuff or whatever. Things like that. Yeah. But specific to D and D, I think there's a, a few that are very memeable. <laughs> uh, especially in terms of like classes and, and subclasses yes. or classes and their behaviours got any favourites? Um, either in terms of actual liking them or just memeing about them I enjoy memeing about um, warlocks having daddy or mommy issues <laughs> <laughs> amazing that is probably my favourite I think my favourite is the idea that, well, the memes of where it's like a bard walks into a dungeon, spots the dragon that's a million levels higher than him, and then seduces it. Like, how does that even work? Oh, I love it. How does that even work? I love that there no sense. All the memes are just, I roll for seduction. <laughs> like, what? Oh, that's brilliant, though. It's brilliant, but there's a clear misunderstanding there, but that just because. You can roll a dice. It doesn't matter that you can't get a number high enough to succeed. I yeah. worded that poorly, but I know what I meant. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but it's hilarious. I yeah. love it. Also, um, this one is relevant to a gift I actually bought for a friend that you know about. But my, I just love the, the concept of barbarians and the sentence, I would like to rage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow it's the first round of combat barbarian it's your turn what are you gonna do i would like to rage like to rage. <laughs> I, oh well never would have seen that coming <laughs> i like how calmly um a lot of players say it as well yeah so I, I, yeah i'd like to rage <laughs> it's it's very much uh like the hulk in the avengers assemble for where he's like that's my secret i'm always angry <laughs> yeah i would like to rage i'd like to rage that's a good one. Oh, that is the um the other trope that's obvious. Well, the well done trope with barbarians is they are low, low intellect. <laughs> not not the smartest yeah. cookies. Again, relating to the Hulk, Hulk smash. <laughs> Barbarian true. rage smash. <laughs> rage then smash. Classic, absolute classic. <laughs> I feel like some of these have even like escaped from the D and D world because I'd heard about them before, even becoming interested in D and D. Like they're that widespread. Yeah, it's good stuff. Any other favourites? Um, across the board doesn't have to be a class. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know about favourites. I know a lot of uh, other ones, but go on then. I mean, I I enjoy the uh, wizard one, which is just the very squishy uh, older gentleman that follows the party round. That is a good one. I think my in my brain, I focus less on the squishy part and more on the eccentricity. I mean, yeah. Of just being like, I'm a wizard. I do weird things, wizardly ways. Do not question my wizardly power, for I am a wizard. <laughs> 
One of my favourite um, like memes or the I don't want to say gif, but there's little comic books is there's a wizard and he's like, oh no, I've run out of spell slots. And then I reveal his second class, which is barbarian. It just starts like smashing <laughs> goblins. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Oh, good old ancient eccentric wizard. Again, Tolkien's fault. <laughs> I wish I just never looked precisely when he makes to. I see we've written in the notes here creepy old man selling items or potions. Oh, yeah. That, that, is, a, that is a good one, actually. I, yeah. I feel like it's even better if it's not even in a shop. It's just like on some random path, <laughs> some guy in an overly dramatic cloak. Yeah. And he just pulls open one side of it and reaches into his pocket and pulls out some random ass thing. <laughs> oh. Almost like the um the poisoned apple with the witch. Yeah. Which I would do like an apple deal or whatever. It's just like what? <laughs> Why would anyone interact with that person? But I love it. Love it when they do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um uh, there's um interesting a lot of interesting the rewards that could come from that as well. Um, not just like I mean, not just getting an item and such, but like really interesting role play, um, and stories that you can get out of these people who have seen a lot in their time. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't even have to be creepy people all the time as well. Just random encounters yeah. are good fun. Random encounters with intelligent creatures, like proper NPCs. Yeah, that aren't just monsters, like um. Like Pixie. Oh, I miss Pixie. It's been too long since I played Pixie. She only showed up for one episode. Yeah. Is she going to come back? back? She better come back or I'll kill her. (laughs) How does that work? Maybe that's why she doesn't come back because you killed her off screen. I I spent so long photoshopping the artwork for her and then she was like literally around for one session. So I have to bring her back. Dem de rules. Dem de rules. Dem de rules. For record, Pixie is a, a fairy that ended up in my world, despite the fact that there are no other fae. Uh, and it was good fun shenanigans, and she played a little, not quite prank, it was like a, a little puzzly riddly thing that gave the group some monies and a few other things. Yeah, it was a good riddle. I liked playing it. I also kind of personified Dobby a bit in like, she's intelligent, but she speaks in third person and simply. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that now, yeah. Pixie is la la la. Pixie's not allowed to do this. Things like that. I don't know if that's so much a trope. It's just that's the rabbit path we've gone down. Good old <laughs> rabbit holes. Damn rabbit holes. See, I wanna I wanna breach the tropes of other kinds of villains, but I'm worried we'll just automatically start talking about the ones we've implemented and spoil each other's campaigns. I mean not necessarily. <laughs> you know nothing about your villain. <laughs> You don't know nothing about your villain. Damn. Maybe. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say anything else without spoiling it. It's the worst thing. (laughs) Uh, um. Here's one. A villain or... What do you think about villains that either do or don't have any real motive? So like, something that just wants to destroy the world for the sake of destroying world versus... Uh, like a Thanos-style villain who thinks they're doing the right thing? I think, personally, I always lean more towards the villain who thinks they're doing good or has... There's so much more room for drama. Yeah. Or has gone through something that skewered their morality. Yes. So uh, you can almost see their point about it. The psychological darkness as opposed to just mohaha, me destroy. Yeah. Me want power. Mm. It is nice and mm, oh, tasty. Honestly, that's why I think Infinity War I'm going a lot about Marvel at the moment, but I do actually think Infinity War is the best Marvel film and possibly one of my favourite films of all time. Partly because he wins. He basically wins. If you just stop watching the MCU there, oh shit, game over. We lose. Which is, for one, a surprise. It's, that's, a, that's a good way of throwing expectations without uh, doing it for the sake of doing it. 
Yeah. In a, especially in a superhero film where the typical superhero film plot is, oh no, we're losing. Oh, we've discovered some new thing. We win. Yeah. Um, so the fact that Thanos just steamrolled them at the end and then did what he wanted to do. Was, mwah, I left that cinema gobsmacked. Uh, I'm sure there are better films that do that out there, but I'm not much of a film goer, so that's the one I'm raving about. Um, yeah, beautiful. I forgot what my point was. I have no idea. Did I have a point? Probably we're not. We were talking about good villains. Yes. I like Thanos. He's a good villain. I prefer Infinity War 10 game. I'm going to go and say it. I said it. I said it. <laughs> Fucking said it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I enjoy the MCU universe, but I'm not a, I don't know, strict fan or whatever. Uh-huh. Just enjoy each film individually. Fair enough. I think that's a good way of doing it. So, yeah. I don't think. They're sort of in a weird position where they know not to take themselves seriously, but they sort of do anyway, in a weird way, in a good way, most of the time. They don't try to do things they don't need to try to do. I mean, they're based on comic books. What more could you want? Anyway, that's completely beside the point. Um, Villains. Villains, villains, villains. Villains. What other good ones are there? Who's your favourite villain? Um, Why is my mind going blank? Um, Villains. I know the feeling. My mind's also gone blank. (laughs) (laughs) Because funnily enough, all of the villains in my favourite stories aren't my favourite villains. I think... My favourite stories are usually my favourite stories for the the protagonists rather than the antagonists. I think this is um, one of the things I am worried about as well with the campaign, I suppose, is that we're obviously struggling to think of a villain that's like, yeah, this is my favourite villain. Like, I'm, I want to create a villain that is, well, that, that will be remembered. Yep. yep. That makes sense. I feel like Bane's a good one. Certainly how he was done in the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. That was a very well-executed sort of psychological thing. So was the Joker, actually. The Dark Knight trilogy was just awesome. <laughs> Coming from someone who doesn't really know much about, you know, the extended Batman lore, whatever there is of it. Again, we've gone to comics, but whatever. <laughs> or rather, I've gone to comics. Um, but yeah, he was a good one. Again, it's when it's when they succeed, the villains that succeed the most at their goals, even if they then get undone, I think are usually some of the better ones. Yeah. And they don't and I don't mean like they succeed for like five seconds. I mean it actually looks like they've won forever. Yeah. And it literally takes a miracle to overcome it. Those ones are the good ones. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems to be that's that's the pattern between the two I've just named anyway. Noted for Future use. <laughs> Dang, what have I done? <laughs> you have sealed your fate. No. Um, You're not my fate. <laughs> maybe we should get back onto the topic of tropes. Villains are tropey. Ish. Yeah. I mean, you could have a whole campaign where there was no villain. Where does the tension come from? Um, well, have tension to drive the narrative, right? Yeah. I suppose. I say as if I'm educated on this kind of thing at all. I mean, it could be you run a short campaign that's based on a natural disaster. Ooh, the villain is nature. Yes. Don't you just hate nature? (laughs) 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 That's interesting. Or maybe you do actually set the party up in secret to be against each other. This sounds more like a social experiment, to be honest. No, see that. I think that is another good uh, kind of trope. Is one of the people in the party or in the group of heroes who turns out to be evil. It's, I've just realised it sounds like a, more like a social deduction game. Now we've combined TTRPGs <laughs> with social deduction games. I kind of, I kind of dig it. Yeah. I say we've combined. I know the idea's been out there before, but <laughs> I kind of dig that. Yeah. Also, I've just looked over to my window and realised there's basically a fucking tail of rain and wind outside so if any noises come through in the recording i apologize it's not the nicest weather indeed yeah i think we've, we've covered all the obvious ones are there any obvious tropes we haven't talked about uh for D one of uh my one of the good tropes is so you all meet in a tavern 
Which is kind of the one you brought up earlier. Uh-huh. Um, which is always a fun one. Um, that is just... It's weird. It just works. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's, it's, it's the most iconic setting when you tell someone to think of a fantasy setting. They're either going to think of a massive like castle in a huge city, mm. or they're going to think of a tiny village with a nice little cosy tavern in the corner with a fireplace and a bunch of people going about their business, some farmers or whatnot. It's either going to be the royal fantasy setting or the peasant fantasy setting. And those are, the, I think, the easiest images to conjure. Yeah. I think one of the other things I like about it is that, in, as in real life, what better way to get to know people than getting drunk? Fuck's sake. <laughs> You say that, and uh, this is going to come to a shock, I'm sure, to anyone listening, that as a 25-year-old, I've never been drunk. <laughs> need to clarify that with saying that you've been tipsy. Yeah, but I still don't know what a hangover feels like. I don't know what it feels like to be proper drunk. When I said I was tipsy, all I meant was uh, my I lost control of my voice volume a little bit, and one time I stood up and stumbled, but then I was fine. I have been hungover a few times, not a lot, but a few, and I have only been particularly ill um, with it once. And I will tell you, you're not missing out. <laughs> I've assumed that much because I've <laughs> never heard anyone said. Actually, that's what I was about to say. I've never heard anyone say. I'm hungover and I got hammered and it was the best day of my life. But people say all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. just listed a series of horrible things and said you loved it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> is this just Britain? Oh, is it just British people? The shenanigans <sighs> you get up to when you've got a decent amount of alcohol in your system. And, and it, <laughs> it, it's good, but I feel like I, we should not be promoting binge drinking. <laughs> I just said I'm not. I've never been drunk. I'm a good boy. <laughs> I drink responsibly. Yeah, so you should always drink responsibly. <laughs> Slash, I think I've got. I'm such a large person that it would take more alcohol than I can physically stomach to make me drunk. <laughs> Mainly because I don't like many spirits. Ah, oh, that's fair. Uh, again, we've gone completely off topic where we started. But what a podcast for, eh? <laughs> oh dear. I think it's time to hop aboard. The interdimensional hyper train of wisdom. Uh, it's been rebranded because, you know, I don't remember the names of things. Uh, and off we are. Off we are. Okay. Off we are. The end. Off we go to favourite player moments. Are we still on the train? Choo choo. Woo woo. <laughs> yes. I like to picture it as a combination of the train from Back to the Future okay, right at the end and the train from Mario Kart in Rainbow Road. Mainly because both of those trains fly. <laughs> and what's cooler than a flying train? It's like it can make this the train part completely <laughs> redundant. <laughs> this thing we may put super high efforts of like mechanical ingenuity into to make it run. And stay on the tracks and not, you know, roll over and take heavy goods. Well, let's just make that completely redundant by making it fly. We'll <laughs> still make the wheels spin and make steam come out the top and pull the thing. Fun times. <laughs> anyway, favourite player moments. I'm going to have one of those in my campaign now, I've decided. Noted. <laughs> Look forward to seeing it. Um, shall I go first? Three campaigns that we share. What's your favourite moment from the last couple of weeks? One of my many favourite moments um, is the drinking of the water. The purple... Oh, yeah, that was fun. Spiked water. Purple glowing water. This is one of those things again, I think I brought up before, where something a player said, namely you, has snowballed into something really fun. Where previously, I had not even given it a second thought. <laughs> so there's a town in my campaign. It's the second town the, the players have got to. And the lake next to it is glowing pink. 
and I have a reason for it glowing pink. I know why it glows pink, but I that was it. I was done. It glows pink because of the thing that happens. Uh, and then your character Amnesty was like, "What happens if you go in it? What happens if you drink it?" <laughs> and initially, as a DM, I was intended like nothing. It's just glowing water, <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's not fun. So what came out of my mouth was, "You'll find out." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because my character likes going for a swim, so there's a lake, and it looks a bit funky, but there's a lake, so I was like, I probably want to go have a swim in that at some point. So I decided to maybe ask around, see if I could figure out whether it was safe to swim in, and I didn't get much of a response, so it made it all mysterious. You got a response that it was safe? Huh? You got the response that it was safe. It's just that the NPCs were like, it'd be fun if you went in. Yeah. It was a harmless side effect of making your hair glow pink. What's the problem? <laughs> oh. No. Well, I mean, I d- disappeared off, went to go investigate something, um, and the rest of the players decided to um, stick around at the dock, and one of them took a swim. And then decided to take a sip of the water. <laughs> Which, again, threw me for a blind side and I had to improvise. So I just went to the Sorcerer's Wild Magic table and <laughs> rolled a d100 to see what I would have. And now we have a construct character, basically a warforged, slightly different, with a long feathery beard. Which is just, it's just beautiful. I love the imagery so much. So do I. <laughs> then- it's, it's great. I love it. I also just want to mention quickly in there that we keep a, people keep accidentally calling it a beardy feather. <laughs> a feather of beards, I think is the phrase people keep oh, saying, yeah. instead of a beard of feathers, which makes me picture a feather shape and at the end of each of like the individual bristles or whatever the word is of the feathers <laughs> is a whole beard. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Brilliant. So yeah, that was fun. That's a good one. Our um, NPC Valor uh, got blue skin to match my my tiefling. Which is funny because you two do have a bit of a a bond forming. Yeah. Like a little little familial friendshipy bond going on, which is like, because she's younger, she sort of looks up to you. So the fact that she now looks a bit like you (laughs) until this curse is removed, (laughs) it's kind of like, oh, this is cute. Well, the other thing was, because my character's got a short hair, we recently cut her hair short as well. And then she cast uh, Minor Illusion to give herself tiefling horns. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, so cute, if I do say so myself. <laughs> it was adorable. Now I have to think of my favourite moment, and I'm spoiled for choice. <laughs> I'm genuinely loving all three campaigns at the moment. Yours is at a, a promising point that we've been aiming to get to for over a year. <sighs> yes. Not to mention we just had one of the most interesting and fun combats ever. Oh, I'm you so glad that. you said that. <laughs> that was great fun. In fact, I'm, I'm going to specify this is my favourite, purely because for the entirety of those two sessions, I don't think I took one normal move in combat. <laughs> Every single move was me like, Pine, can I try this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, maybe. No, that fails. Because um, like the it was like a uh, protect the orb kind of thing. We had this little orb and a bunch of people were coming after us trying to break it and we were protecting it. And I was the one holding it because I'm this, I'm a sorcerer who can do all sorts of weird, funky stuff to keep it hidden and make duplicates and teleport away or whatever, trying to protect it. But I didn't send a single turn. I was just like, I'm going to cast an offensive spell at that character and move that way. <laughs> it was always like, I'm going to try and spend all my movement to run around in a circle and kick up some sand <laughs> and use the sand as cover to use my special magic item that lets me go invisible. And it's just like all crazy moves like that that just none of them were standard, which just made the game so fun. Yeah. And the other guys were doing all sorts of cool combo stuff. Like um, combo things where like, you know, they were carefully positioning themselves to be flanking and casting a bunch of, uh, uh, what's the word? Support spells. The word yeah. just vanished from my mind then. Um, it was just, I loved it. It was so good. Um, I give a bit more context to that, especially now that you guys are out of the arena. So uh, this was obviously a Colosseum fight, um, large open space, um, which you fought With in. With walls. Huh? 
With walls. With walls, yeah. And like the open is quite the right word, but yeah. Up above. Up above. And then, uh, yeah, open ceiling. Um, And the first time you fought in there was the trials. Um, And obviously there wasn't that much around. There was, I think, two pit traps in there and just like a large open space. Um, And then I I went to town on the design for your fight because this Colosseum, like, has a lot of magic behind it to change the environment, to keep it all interesting. And I built a maze with lots of like traps and spinning blades and such, um, which to my dismay never came in, never got used because you guys found the one area that didn't have anything in them. <laughs> um, I mean, we tried to use them to get the other guys, to yeah. get the enemies in, yeah. uh, but I think we were just too scared to go anywhere near them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you did play it really well because, like, like you said, everyone kept together. There was a moment because I was trying to peel you off a little bit. There was a moment where I nearly got um, Drawia to be distracted by the little turtle who was running around just casting spells and chuckling to himself. <laughs> but yeah, you did. You guys did play that really well. It was. Incredibly fun, incredibly unique, and incredibly rewarding to finish. Right. Um, plus, I get to boast the fact that I cast False Life on myself to give myself extra health points, and then didn't even need it because it took a single bit of damage. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't to say it was easy; it's just it was that it was very rewarding to be able to have done that because there was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was all well. it was basically from a personal point of view perfect for my character because. One thing I had in mind for my character was he was going to be very sort of deceptive physically and like a, A, I'm going to have disguises and, and different personalities and all my spells are utility spells that let me sort of trick people. And I basically did that for the entirety of the, the two sessions. Yeah. Uh, which I bloody loved. And obviously everyone else got to do whatever they wanted with like the heavy combat and the wizard doing wizardy stuff. <laughs> it was such good fun. Yeah. And we had two deceiving orbs, one made of ice and one that was just an illusion. Uh, yeah, it was it was good fun. I think I got one attack off on the orb. You did, yes. Yeah, on the real orb. Wait, I hit or did I shield it? I can't remember. I can't. I think you shielded a few. I think I may have... Maybe did I not land any? I either landed one or none because of your shield spell. Mm-hmm. It's a part of me that feels like you didn't do any damage. No, probably not. And the one you did definitely hit was the illusion, because I remember the guy who threw the javelin then became aware that it was an illusion, because he just watched his javelin go through it. Yeah, so he fired a javelin twice at the illusion. The ice orb got hit twice before it was destroyed. And then, yeah, the one that you had, you successfully deflected away from. Saved up them them spell slots to shield those oh yeah that was a good one um and not to push the other two campaigns to the sideline because our friend forest who runs the other one has just consistently thrown out interesting creatures for us to fight over and over again um taking us on a big journey through this dark mysterious forest which upon re-watching the second series of the witcher i wonder if he took heavy inspiration from that because yes the old lady in the hut did remind me very much of the antagonist of season two of the witcher yeah, I think um, so. But I'm not complaining because it was great fun. Um, and we killed the head of a small army in that one as well recently, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, and then in my campaign, we've been slowly, slowly, slowly teasing towards the end of the second small arc, but first big arc, if that makes any sense. Yeah, see, now this was going to be, like, my second moment um, I was going to bring up was... Oh, yeah, that that oh that tasty cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I love giving a cliffhanger out. Oh, I love it and I hate it. <laughs> um, so we are hunting down some organisation that seems to be kidnapping people. And we track them to a cave system underneath the the small the town the town or old city? mining tunnels underneath the town town yeah uh, that um, appear to have been expanded recently yeah um 
stalked down some of the tunnels. Um, and my character heard a voice that she recognised. Um, and came across a member of her old gang. And if, huh? If I have any advice, even as much of a noob as a DM as I still feel now, for anyone running or playing D&D, it's, if you're a player, give your DM some damn backstory. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be an essay. Just give them something to hold on to. And if you're a DM, encourage your players to give you backstory because it just makes it so much more fun to write. It's such a good thing. Like, the moments that you get um, where the DM is bringing in a backstory or, like, a twist related to your character or brings back someone from your their history is just my favourite moments of anything yep. It's the most immersed I ever feel in any medium form. Yeah, and I genuinely feel like the the, the two times you've given me flashbacks because I, I think I mentioned before Arathor's got amnesia, so doesn't remember anything before his like nineteenth birthday. Two times you've given me flashbacks, I've just literally lost myself in those moments. And, oh, <laughs> amazing! Oh, I'm proud. I'm glad. I need to give Forrest more backstory because I really didn't give him much to work with. Yeah. Um. But no, I was uh, sorry. I was just going to say is that that moment with um, Faith in the tunnel is the first moment I've had a character's backstory come up. So really, I'm excited. Yeah. Dang. Dang. Because before the games that we're playing in now, which are a lot of um, RP heavy and story related, the games I've played before have been mainly just go here, kill this. Like, I see. Um, not really backstory related or story related. So oh, but I'm, that's where I'm enjoying all the fun that. Is. Yeah. Well, not all the fun. It's where a good deal of the fun is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's like I said, spoil for choice at the moment, all three campaigns that we're involved with mutually are an absolute blast at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm hoping in the next few uh few um, podcasts that we do there's gonna be some moments popping up from what I've got coming up. I've spent the last two days prepping and I'm like, ooh it's big reveals. Be good. Are they big reveals or big events or both? Who knows? Can't tell me. Don't tell me. Spoilers. <laughs> and I can't tell you why they're spoilers. spoilers. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's time for our third and final trip on the train of infinite resplendence and <laughs> traveliness. Traveliness. Yes. I don't know what part of that means. It's good at traveling anywhere. Traveliness, I guess. Yeah, I'll go with that. The train of infinite resplendence and traveliness. <laughs> As we fly our way to the final section, the quick RP section. I've gone back to the Batman theme again, like I did the other week. Hi. Hello. We're in the new section. And I do believe it's your turn. Yes, indeed it is. I am prepared. Do I need to do anything? Do I need dice? Do I need... My character sheet, do I need anything? You do not need dice. You need to... Uh, there, there will be uh, moments, lots of moments, where you get to decide what you're doing. Um, at the moment, I don't have any roles planned, but we shall see what happens. I Are see. you ready? No. <laughs> Let's go anyway. With no memory of the time before... Erethor has spent the last two years wandering Asmir, eventually finding himself entangled with an odd group. We're going to take a look back at those two years, and what better place to start than the beginning? <laughs> a haze of purple mist covers your vision. It presents... Um... Ah, Jesus. It's present. It presents Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, God. Its presence brings comfort and a warmth deep within you. 
holding you there for a few moments before the mist slowly fades to darkness. The first thing you feel is the cold wooden floor beneath you, followed quickly by a pain, the pain of a headache that starts in the centre of your forehead and spreads across the rest of your head. It's not an intense pain, but it's noticeable, uncomfortable. You open your eyes and find yourself in a small cottage room. No furniture, just an empty fireplace and two doors with a couple of windows letting in some faint light. You have no idea how you got here, no idea where you are, in fact, you don't remember anything. Now, as we're viewing this person wake up, can you tell us what they look like? Way to throw it on me. This <laughs> uh, is a, a young half-elf chappy who has long silvery white hair, your classic elven pointy ears, uh, a bit of a pointy nose, and uh, purple irises. He likes purple, you may have guessed from the purple mist. Uh, not to do with the fact that I love purple or anything. <laughs> He's pretty average height, just under six foot, fairly skinny, uh, probably be blown over by a strong enough gust of wind. <laughs> yeah, that about covers it. You're wearing pretty simple clothes, from what I remember. Uh-huh. And... You are wearing one gold ring with a one purple stone within. Ring. I can resist. <laughs> um, with a purple stone embedded into it. If you look at it, you see flecks of light within, almost like it's holding a galaxy within. What are you doing at this moment as you wake up? Uh, probably taking deep breaths and looking around confusedly. Look around, like I say, no furniture. You can see there appears to be woods outside of the hut. Um, you seem to be in some sort of forested area. I will sit up probably massage my temples a little bit, try and get this pain out of my head uh, and then stand up and move towards one of the windows, the brightest window if there is one any brighter than the others take a look outside they're all pretty similar um, but as you choose one to look out of, like I say you see a luscious green forest filled with large trees stretching up um, the largest possibly a hundred feet into the air. Um, thick branches twist and bend up in, to create a canopy of summer leaves above you, um, it, which let in a few streams of light. Moss and grass cover the ground around you. There's no visible si uh, path that you can see from this hut. I'm going to approach the nearest of the two doors and just shout out hello as I try to open it. Okay. I mean, hello? You open it and you shout out and um, you see a few birds just pick up and fly away from where you've yelled out from. Um, there's no response. Does the door open? Yeah, you opened the door successfully. <laughs> Those damn doors. What's the other side? This, uh, I'm assuming you're opening the one towards the into the forest itself. I opened whichever one was closest. The one into the forest itself. Fair enough. <clears throat> uh, in which case I will step out and do a small little perimeter around the building, see how big it is. See if I can spot any activity inside. As you walk around, you see that the other door would have led off to a few smaller rooms. The, the hut itself isn't particularly large, maybe 20 foot wide, and it's just the one floor. 
Um, there doesn't seem to be any life inside. The other rooms that you can peek into also appear bare. Um, and this, the hut itself just, there's no path, there's um, nothing to suggest that anyone comes to this hut. It just seems to be placed in a bit of a clearing in the in the forest. No distinguishing features whatsoever. No. It it's almost like I wanna say almost eerily just plain. Like there is no extra there's no particular features and that maybe in itself is something of note. I pinch myself to see if I'm awake. <laughs> pinch yourself, it hurts. Owie! Uh, do I recognise the trees at all? Have any idea where I am? No. Not, not at, all. at all. But as you're looking out uh, at the woods again around you, trying to recall anything, you see a wolf sat about a hundred feet away and they're just sat watching you. A wolf? How big? Um, not overly big. Like, uh, it would be about half your height. Maybe a bit higher. Like, normal, average wolf sized. Not a large wolf. Does it look calm? <laughs> For a better word, another word is is it like <laughs> it's on the hunt? Am I in danger? No, like I say, it's sat and you can see it's um, tail flick every now and again. Um, just sat watching you calmly. In the universal language of, of dogs expressing confusion, I look at it and tilt my head to the side. <laughs> it mirrors you and tilts its head as well. I tilt it the other way. It tilts again. It kind of does that thing where it tilts it far and then pull, pulls it back and then tilts it a little bit again. Does it seem more intelligent than it should? I should have got you to get your dice on your, your character sheet. Do you? <laughs> I have I have dice. Okay. Roll. I can get dice. Roll! Um, which would this be? Where are the intelligence? Wait, what, what check is animal handling? If you've got animal handling, roll that. I've got it. Give me a fucking provision. Yes. Let's find out. I am not. Okay, what uh, is it? What? I got eight. It seems like a wolf. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> Two questions. Okay. Do I have level one abilities, and do I know that I have level one abilities if I do? At this time, um... If I um in my mind, uh, you have not discovered that you have magic. Yeah. Yet. So I can't use my telepathic speech to try and talk to this thing. Uh, if you can come up with like a narrative way that you would be testing out these abilities and it come to fruition. Nah, I wouldn't just randomly expect it to be able to hear my thoughts. Um, I'm going to take some tentative steps towards it, trying to seem non-threatening. Um, it watches as you do, but doesn't move away. Um, as you get closer, you see the main body of the wolf is a dark grey coloration, but the head and almost like a, a mane around the neck of the creature is white, um, and it follows down its spine um, as a streak of white to the tip of its tail. Uh, it seems to be uh, it like it watches you for a few steps and then um, also like stands and takes a few tentative steps forwards um, sniffing the air as it does how far away were we to start with you were a hundred feet I'd say you're about uh, 80 at this point I'm gonna intend to get to the point where we're 30 feet apart and stop and then stand there with my arms crossed and just casually say nice weather we're having <laughs> uh, it takes takes like a few more steps before it realises that you've stopped 
Um, and then six bats down. Uh, sort of cocks this head at you again, but then looks up. You seem far more intelligent than I had any reason to believe wolves could be. Looks back down at you again. Are you friendly? Are you friend? Takes, uh, stands back up again. Uh, and then, like, cautiously again approaches and, and is sniffing the air around you. Are you letting them approach? Yes, and I will make myself appear smaller by squatting down a bit onto one knee. That's not squatting. I'm just going to kneel on one knee. <laughs> okay. And maybe hold a hand out and just whisper under my breath, please don't eat my hand, please don't eat my hand. <laughs> um, he, uh, it takes the few steps up and, and sniffs the hand that you're holding out. Just takes a few sniffs and then does like a, a lick across your hand and then goes down into a playful stance and starts like jumping around a bit like a dog that's like play play uh i look around for any sticks or pine cones or anything yeah you can easily find some sticks does he look like he wants to play fetch uh if you go to pick up a stick um do you go to pick up a stick yeah you uh, want to play fetch you want uh, a stick I'll do um like um when it goes down into a play position and stands back up again and then play position and stands back up again. Like I get a stick and I launch the stick. Pathetically, because I have no strength. <laughs> it goes like half as far as I wanted it to. It goes after the stick, picks it up, and then it just sort of like trots around proudly with it rather than bringing it back. Uh, a no-take-only-throw kind of pup, <laughs> are you? Uh, if you will allow me to... Wait, I don't know what gender it is. Will allow me to approach again. I want to give it a screech, scritch. And it is. It'll, um... Backs up at first, because uh, when you first come to approach it, because it thinks you're going to try and take the stick. Um, but then, uh... Lets you approach, and, um... Embraces the scritches. <sighs> well, you got any idea what's going on here, buddy? I say as I like look around, not expecting a response. Are you still scratching? Yep. I was just gonna roll over onto his belly. Oh, I've got to scratch the chesticles. Scritchy, scritchy, scritch. <laughs> I actually does that thing where, like, if I rub his chest, not like violently, but sort of really quickly. You know, that thing where they playfully, like, try and bite down at your hand as you do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, assuming he lets me, I'll just play for a couple of minutes. <laughs> and then eventually just be like, well, any idea which way is a good way to go? Because doesn't seem to be much around here. It looks at you, you um, cocks its head, and then looks around at the forest for a second. Uh, goes up, nuzzles um, your side a bit, and then starts walking off in a particular direction. Is that an answer, or are you just abandoning me already? <laughs> I'll see if he reacts if I start following. If he, as he hears you following, he keeps um, walking forward, and you can see as he's walking, his ears are twitching, um, like constantly listening out. Um, every so often will stop and look back at you other times he will stop um, and the ears will just keep twitching sniff the air a bit before slightly changing his paths and continues to walk Um, I wonder if you have a name (laughs) and if you did would you be able to communicate it to him (laughs) I'm just thinking out loud at this point. <laughs> um, eventually, he does. They do bring you to a path, uh, and it, it heads a little bit down the path until you see um, the trees start to thin, and it. If you look uh, to where the path is going, you see it leads out of the woods. And at this point, the wolf stops 
um, sits down and looks back at you. Uh, is this uh, as far as you go? <laughs> It'll look back into the woods. I just realised I actually did the look back into the woods and I was like, that's not good for radio. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I'm torn. I don't want to leave him. He's his friend. He's a good, good, good woofer. <laughs> I don't want to leave the woofer. Should I keep going? Are you asking the wolf? Yes. Just cocks its head again. Well, that's not helpful. Generally, don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh. The wolf, uh, seeing our thoughts hesitation, will uh, come up to you, sort of do like a circle around your legs, like um, brushing up against you, um, and then walk slightly away. Um, does another circle and lays down, <laughs> just just looking at you as it's laid there. This would be a lot easier if you could talk. I don't want to leave him. I want to keep him. <laughs> I want to be friends with him. It's it's your decision to make. Come with me. Come be my friend. Do you, do you say that to the wolf? Yes. As you say that, it locks up with you. Um, but you can tell like the eyes just look really sad. And then looks back at the woods. What's so special about these woods? Finds a stick on the ground and just nozzles it. It's it's been a pleasure, uh, but I'm not sure nuzzling sticks is my thing. <laughs> so I'm uh, follow the path. I wish you'd follow me because you're 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 clearly a good boy and a clever boy. Probably cleverer than me. I think you should come with me, but whatever. If you're gonna be like that, <laughs> I say playfully. I don't mean it. Sits back up. Um, and will if you're stroking him or anything will lick your hand time to be all alone in this big empty world I guess I got no clue what's going on but uh, I guess thank you for your your help probably would have been lost for a little longer without you <laughs> you stay safe now do you want a stick <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the playful pose again. I lost a zig again. Goes running off after it. And then I watch him chase it, and then just before he picks it up, I'll turn and follow the path. So as as we're viewing the scene of you leaving the woods, the um, wolf has just picked up the stick, notices you leave, takes a few more steps forward, like sits down again, drops the stick and just watches as you go and as you're making your way out we uh, zoom out and watch as Arathor walks on his path you may see him turn back momentarily to the wolf who remains sat watching him leave our view moves around the scene slowly continuing an outward zoom and as Arathor almost vanishes uh, in the distance, a tree cuts across our vision, and where we once saw the wolf sitting, we now see the back of a humanoid figure standing up from a crouch, long white hair stretching down their back, and what? a wooden staff of interwined branches in one hand, and the scene fades. Why you did it? <laughs> First you hit me with the cute animal. <laughs> Did you hit me with the plot twist? <laughs> I wasn't expecting my heart to be tugged so much for this. This is not fair. <laughs> um, I'll say that these are probably how I'm going to do most of these. Because it's fun. <laughs> Why are you bully? <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. I want a wolf friend. Well, you know what woods you left. Earthor still thinks the, wo the wolf as a wolf and may still be there. But why would Erethor want to go back to a wolf now? I don't know. Why would he? Well, I mean, he wants to go back there anyway because that's what's happening in the campaign. But <laughs> Hey, you've still got two years of things to do. He's now wolfy in my head. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Yeah. So, just for future reference, um, if there's 
more things. So if there's ideas that you have for Arath or of things that you like he would be doing or happened in those two years, give me those ideas and we'll we'll have a play with them. Fair. I mean, all I had so far was him just wandering around trying to find interesting things because he doesn't have a clue what is, who he is. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I want a wolfie friend now. <laughs> you can always go back to you the You know, woods. I have the big weakness with the animals. <laughs> well, uh, I think that wraps us up neatly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to board this time-travelling rainbow train. <laughs> And uh, we're going to hop into the whatever time we record the next podcast. <laughs> and that's when we'll be speaking to you again. Woo! That's right. We're time travelers now. Hell yeah. I mean, in theory, the you listening to this is a form of time travel because this is a record of the current date, which for you isn't the current date. It's the past. So we'll see you in the future, which will also be our past from then. <laughs> and at that point, it just gets mind-boggling, c- confusing Channel your inner Hagrid. All right, Harry. <laughs> what are you doing down there? Searching for the Chamber of Secrets. Which for you isn't the current date, it's the past. So we'll see you in the future, which will also be our past from then. <laughs> and at that point, it just gets mind boggling, <laughs> c- confusing time. Should leave it as you having that rant just slowly fading out as the ending music comes on. Bye. Bye. <laughs>